Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey everybody, welcome to Biscuits, episode 7, which, if I'm correct, now means we have as many episodes as Star Wars, which means we could probably say we're just as popular as Star Wars, and millions of people listen to this podcast, and that's very flattering. Uh, we have another episode coming up next week that will be a, uh, a rogue podcast that won't be part of the episodes, it'll just be its own its own Biscuit story. My name is Dave Lozo of Vice Sports, and other online and maybe not online publications that you know. My buddy Sean is up in Canada. Hi, Sean. Hello, Dave. Yeah, Sean McIndoo here of uh, Vice Sports, Sportsnet, and other places. And uh, yeah, this is our first, correct me if I'm wrong, this is our first podcast that's not going to be going out on a Friday. Yeah, we're coming to you. We're coming to you Tuesday, right? That's when this is going to pop out. Uh, We're, We're confusing a lot of people right now. Yeah, nobody nobody likes to break their routine, but um, this is our it's little a way. Thing. Yeah, we're getting yeah. we're getting stuff out of the way, so none of us have to work the the last week of the year after Christmas. Tim Barnes is here. He doesn't want to come in here on December twenty seventh and bother with our stupidity. He has, he's got things to do, so we're gonna get you something a little early this week, and then we'll have something for you next week that's a little special. And uh, that's just what we do. We make special content, Sean. That's right. In a way, it's kind of good timing because last week we recorded on Thursday. It came out on Friday. And I think it was Thursday night that we had something happen in the Rangers game that everybody was talking about the next day. So this gives us a chance to circle back and talk about your New York Rangers. <laughs> because all we do on this podcast is talk about dirty hits and what, you sh- what should be done after a hit and the Florida Panthers. That's, that's basically what yes. this podcast specializes in. So I'm sure everybody saw it. It was um, Stars Rangers, Henrik Lundqvist, the handsomest, best-looking uh, elite goaltender in the National Hockey League went behind the net to play a puck. Uh, he had it on his stick blade. He went to whip it around the boards, and Cody Eakin of the Dallas Stars um, collided very hard with the beautiful, gorgeous head of Henrik Lundqvist and sent him to the ice, sent him to the locker room because he had to go through the whole concussion protocol thing. And people were screaming bloody murder for many reasons because of the hit, because of the reaction to the hit. Uh, Cody Eakin got himself a four-game suspension, which I thought was a little bit light, and people got mad about that. There was a lot of things to get mad about, and I know that we're trying to turn this podcast into a positive 
not what's bad about hockey thing every week. So, so Sean, find the silver lining for me in in all of that muck and and horror and anger and sadness. Well, the the silver lining should be that all of you fans and and media who are so bothered by fights after clean hits or slightly dirty hits or whatever else should should be very very happy with the reaction or the the total non-reaction by the New York Rangers because they didn't respond at all to seeing their franchise player sprawled out on the ice looking looking at the time like he might have a significant injury he ended up leaving the game but he came back he was he was okay but there was nothing as far as a direct answer from the Rangers is that is that a good thing so I went to the Giants game on Sunday, and so I tailgate there with all these people, like a few close friends and some people I only see at the tailgate, but they're older than me. They're they're maybe like in their late 40s, early 50s, and I love going there because the tailgate's awesome. It's just endless amounts of sausage and peppers and wings and beer, but everybody there is like an old-timey Rangers fan, and they know I work in hockey, so like my, my goal is to always get through the three-and-a-half-hour tailgate without anybody asking me about hockey, but since that happened like the day before or whatever – they were all just like, man, you see that play, man, that dirty bastard Cody Eakin. Can't, but they were no kidding. They were more upset about the Rangers not fighting Cody Eakin or jumping him or doing whatever to send the message to stick up for your teammates and all that. And so I'm standing there. I'm not trying to get involved because I'm I'm enjoying my, my, my beef jerky. I'm enjoying my, my ice-cold, delicious Bud Light sponsorship opportunity, by the way. Just, just consuming beer, talking about the Giants, and then I keep hearing it. Oh, I can't believe they didn't. You know, back in my day, and I, I realize like there's, there's, there's two things people, there's two reasons people give for wanting to see fights. They just like to see dudes punch each other in the face, and for that segment of fan, it's like anything that happened in your life between the ages of eighteen and twenty three is always seems like the best thing ever. Like I think Pearl Jam is the best band to ever exist on the planet the Beatles the Stones get the hell out of here man Pearl Jam rock 10 verses that was awesome only their thing is fighting so finally like I just I finally give in and I'm like all right let's say JT Miller grabs Cody Eakin fights him what what, what do you get out of that they were like oh you just gotta you gotta send the message you can't let you can't let the team do that so I'm like okay let's let's make a bet since nobody stood up for Henrik Lundqvist since nobody grabbed Cody Eakin and walloped him or anything like that if anybody else runs a Ranger goaltender over the next 50 games because they feel like they can now, I will give you 100 bucks. If I'm wrong, you have to give me a dollar. If nobody else runs a goaltender on the Rangers the rest of the season. Well, it's not the point. Well, the, what is the point? What, what is the point of jumping him there? Because you get a five-minute power play. I don't think they scored on it, but you get a five-minute power play. So you're going to fight for some, you know, bullshit dude, you know, bros stick up for bros honor code in order to send a message. And I just, again, I, I know we, like, I feel like we had this conversation a week or two ago. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I, I get it. I totally get it. But like, it's not like somebody, you know, pushed your friend down a flight of stairs at like a movie theater or something. And you're like, I'm going to get that guy. Like that's, that's, I mean, that's maybe not, maybe that's kind of the same thing, but just, you, it's, it's not, it, it's, it's sports. Guys are going to collide illegally. Sometimes guys are going to, collide legally sometimes there's there's fighting that guy there is not a deterrent that's going to prevent a future play like that is basically my my long rambling point yeah so i i guess what we're saying then if if that's the stance you're going to take is is basically because we did we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in the 
context of fights after clean hits and this this idea that anytime anyone on your team uh it takes a takes a hard hit clean or otherwise that somebody has got to skate over and start a fight i guess this is the extreme on the other side because i i think it was larry brooks who said like if you're not going to respond to that hit on that player by that player in in a game in december between a you know against a team from the other conference really not a very an especially meaningful game like if you're not going to do it then there i guess there just isn't a situation where you do it because that you know that wasn't a clean hit i know there's people out there who say go oh, goalie should be fair game if they go behind the net and maybe they should but they're not and they never have been and you know that i i I guess I can I can see where the Rangers are are coming at it. You know, you want to have discipline, you want to get the power play, uh, but it. I mean, again, I I just I go old school here, and I remember, you know, there was a time where that was the one immutable law of hockey that if you ran a goaltender, it was go time, and and this was running a goaltender. We've seen cases where a player. Yeah, maybe drives hard to the net and gets taken out and you know runs in a carry price or whoever and you go well yeah but it wasn't really his fault what what else could he do he got shoved he got knocked into the guy this was a case of a, of a guy this was an old fashioned running the goaltender situation yeah, was it i yeah i think it was i mean even maybe not like the craig berube like i'm going to go from the red line with intention of of drilling this guy but yeah you know even even if you give Cody Eakin the benefit of the doubt and you say that he didn't you know he he didn't see him until the last second he still drove through that hit I mean that that he he could have avoided it more than than he did and you know he he drove through him I'm not saying because he was trying to hurt him or because he was trying to send a message or, or whatever but uh you know that is the sort of play that 10 or 20 years ago I mean that 20 years ago, that would have been a bench-clearing brawl, let alone a line brawl. And to, to just, it was really strange to me to see, especially today when, when we see scrums and even fights over such, you know, so many much more minor hits, just to see, like, not even an attempt, like, nobody even did the whole, like, I'm going to go over and look like I want to fight, but get let the linesman get in between us thing. Like, there there it was just like, okay, when's... Yeah, Henrik Lundqvist just is lying face down on the ice with his helmet off, and uh, when's when's the face off? Let's let's keep playing. Maybe it was because of Philip Larson. Maybe they saw him down on the ice in that Canucks game, and they were like, "Wait, we can't kick Henrik Lundqvist's head. It's too beautiful. We can't we can't put our skates anywhere near that. We don't want to cause any damage to his post post hockey modeling career." I would support that. <laughs> I think that's okay. But then I mean, you know, even later in the game, I mean, I know he can got kicked out, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I tweeted out a link to you know the that fun game from from 10 years ago or whatever it was when it was Calgary and Anaheim and uh and it was Craig Berube for Calgary ran uh I think it was JSG Gare and then the Ducks just sent out the next shift sent out a line of goons and they just dumped it in on Mike Vernon and then three guys ran right at him right after the whistle now that's the other extreme and you know I I know that I you know, I have to be a good hockey fan here and a good media guy, and I can't ever say that that was was a better way to handle things. Um, 
but man, you got to think there's there's got to be some middle ground or or failing that i mean i i guess maybe we've just reached the point where there there shouldn't ever be a response to anything and we just let the referees and the department of player safety handle it here's the thing too about the hit like i know how bad it looked and how hard it was i really think cody aiken went behind the net and thought for sure he was going to be able to get to the puck and then he realized he wasn't and once he realized he wasn't he was going to do the thing all hockey players do which is just go up the go up the boards and avoid the hit but lundquist was just everywhere so i think he thought if i go straight line or if i try to go inside and cut to the inside i'm gonna hit him let me just scrape by the wall like you know how like if you're getting off of a subway and you're you're just like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna just move by the doors here but oh it turns out there's somebody there and you bump them i think that's what he did i don't think that was the thing too when i was at the tailgate sunday the, the thing that set me off was this guy was complaining about the hit he's like no dave dave let me tell you he, he 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 raised up into the hit. He 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 absolutely raised up into the hit, and then he talked for like ten more minutes about the hit. And he goes, "I'm sorry, but he lowered his shoulder and put it right in." I'm like, "Well, did he lower his shoulder or did he raise up into the hit?" Well, you can't just you can't do both. <laughs> it's one of the two things. And I really do think, like for sure, I thought he should have been suspended for more games. I'm not like sitting here telling you that he shouldn't have been suspended, but I, I really do think it was. I mean, it's Cody Eakin. It's not like Chris Neal went behind the net and tried to end Henrik Lundqvist's life. Like Cody Eakin's a dude who gets like 38 penalty minutes a season, and he's like what is he like 5'10 180 pounds like he's not a big guy like I really think it was a complete and total accident I mean if if JT Miller or whatever other defenseman was on the ice at that point if they wanted to grab Cody Eakin you know whatever I get it but I thought the Rangers reacted fine they won the game they got two points um four games I probably would have gone a little more on that just because you can't just have like if, if you're setting the price at that point at four games for running a goaltender I think that's the bigger problem because then you're like well four games let's see uh you know what I'm I'm uh, I'm Luke Adzik I'm terrible how can I help my team I know the next time the Devils play the Islanders I'll run Tomas Grice or something I can see that being a problem but like that play I just think it was bang bang I don't think Cody Eakin was trying to hit him but you know, I, I, it's it's just it's hockey though. Where after a play like that, the thing that everyone's the most mad about is nobody. Like the thing is too is like the guys on the ice. Like let's say pick pick a ranger at that point who's going to go over there and fight Cody Eakin. Like he's not going to really hurt him. He's Cody Eakin. He's a professional hockey player. Like there's going to be a scrum. There's going to be pawing at each other, and then everyone's going to say, "Oh, great job sticking up for your teammates." Like really, was that worth two minutes though? Is that worth t- turning a five minute power play into a three minute power play? I don't know. Yeah, I I still think it's worth two minutes. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have. I'd rather have lose the power play, take take whatever it is, but but you know I don't know, I I don't want to say send a message because you're right. I mean it's yeah. it, it, in today's today's league. I don't know that you really send the message. I mean if that play had happened, like I said, ten years ago, and there was that sort of non-response, every other team sitting in the dressing room that watched that highlight would kind of look at each other and go, "Oh, okay, well that's interesting that that's what happens or doesn't happen when you." take liberties with the New York Rangers but maybe maybe today it's maybe the game has changed and maybe maybe it's evolved and we don't we don't do that stuff anymore but uh man I it's your your franchise player just got uh just got his head knocked off I'd like to think you could afford two minutes there there was a play uh in a Rangers Flyers game like way back when where like a similar thing happened. I don't remember who the flyer player was, but it was the same sort of thing. And people got mad that no one on the Rangers stuck up for, I don't even know if Lundqvist was in net that day, but it was one of those things where guys just kind of stood around. I think like Marion Gabrick might have been on the team at that point. People were mad that Marion Gabrick didn't fight as if he could do any damage to anybody with his fists. But 
I don't know. I I get it. I I just well, I, I mean, I and we all remember a, f- a few years back the the Ryan Miller hit, right? The Milan Lucic right Ryan Miller collision when Miller was with the Sabers and and Lucic and and Miller, you know, in that one comes way out of the crease. Uh, you know, he he's he sort of winds up in a spot that goaltenders don't normally wind up. It wasn't like Lungfist where he's right behind the net where you'd expect a goalie to be, and and he comes out and and Lucic runs over him. And there was no response from the Sabers, and I mean they got pretty much unanimously killed for that. I mean there there were calls about how you had to potentially rework the uh, the roster, and you know they, they were they going to have to go out and acquire new players and bring in new guys, and uh, you know you didn't. It, it it's uh, yeah, I guess it just shows you how much the game has changed. That you know we're not that many years further ahead now, and yet uh, there's you see. A case like this, and a lot of people are are just fine with it. They're they're applauding the Rangers' restraint and discipline and and all of that other stuff. It's weird too because it's like this double edged sword where it's like hockey players are super tough. They're the toughest people in the world. It's like yeah, they are. They're super tough. They they fight and they play through like slap shots to the jaw and they put on like a mat or a cage and they go and they play with that. They're they're super super tough. Like nothing can nothing can hurt a hockey player. Then, then it becomes, well, he got really sad because nobody stood up for him. Like, what? Like, why is it? What, what do you mean? I thought you were tough. Like, why can't you take the hit and then just be like, well, you hit me really hard and whatever. I'm not I'm not phased by it. Instead, it's, man, I really wish somebody would have stuck up for me. Like, really? Like, you're you're a grown-ass man and you got hit playing a sport. Why do you need someone to stick up? For? Well, it's different. That's just the code. Well, what I, the code doesn't make sense because if you're tough and – I mean, this hit's different because it was an illegal hit. But yeah, I just don't get the whole point of being tough and no one's tougher than hockey players, but the second you hit one of them, oh boy, are they not tough anymore? They get really sad, and they need someone to stick up for them. Eh, I, I just, I don't know. I just, let's face it, basketball players are tougher than hockey players. <sighs> this freaking uh, sport, Sean. Sean, the now sport. Now you've done it. I swear to God, the sport now makes you've no done sense. It. Now it you're no going to enjoy the memes that you're going to get now from hockey fans now that you've said something good about the nba, <laughs> the NBA i don't know i we said i just wasn't there a game in the nfl just uh, like not not yesterday but a week ago where somebody threw a cheap shot and you know a fight broke and great it was the nfl version of the fight where everyone's wearing helmets so you can't really do anything but you know guys were going after each other and i think it carried over to next play like i think this is a bit of human nature you know somebody's on your side and you see them get cheap shot at Ah, get off your butt and go do something about it. It's easy for me to say, sitting on my couch, obviously. Like, like, all right, who, who would you, like who that. would you fight? Who would you, who would you fight in like right, everyday life? Like, like, what happened like in the last two weeks of your life where like you wish somebody would have just grabbed somebody and just beat them up for you? Oh, nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't minding my own business and had somebody run <laughs> over and put a shoulder into my into my jaw and knock me flying, but. If they did, and you know, a bunch of guys who said they were my friends were were standing around, I'd like to think somebody would at least, you know, maybe go up to the guy and say, "Don't do that," rather than just putting their heads down and wandering off. There was a woman this morning at Starbucks. I went there just to grab like a coffee or whatever, and there was nobody online. It was a woman, and then a woman in front of me, and then just me. It was great. And the first woman literally took ten minutes to order. She kept changing her order. They brought her like a piece of pound cake and she was like, No, I want marble cake. They brought the marble cake back. They said, I don't want that. She's like, Can I just get a piece of chocolate cake? They brought the chocolate cake back. And all this time, like she had paid already, so she had to do a new order and pay again. And like, I'm not gonna do anything. What can I possibly do? But there was the woman in front of me, I'm telling you, 
She was close. She was close to being the person that stood up for the entire Starbucks as the line got longer and longer. And I, in that case, I think I would have been okay with it if she would have just like you know gave her like a little shot from behind and was like, Good. "Let's go, let's go, let's do this right now." Th- th- that's okay. I feel like in hockey though, you don't need it. I think Starbucks is where people really need someone to stick. Get up for that them. woman a contract. Get her on the New York Rangers. <laughs> like she was they need her. Like I was doing the passive aggressive sighing and eye rolling, but like she was she was way hotter than I was because like she walked in, there was one person in front of her. She was like, "This is great. I'm gonna get in and out real quick." And she's just like, "Um, do you have any more of those little tiny chocolate milk pouches?" Oh, boy, society society does need some more hockey type stuff in it. I think. Yeah, that's a very New York story though, because like here in Ottawa, <laughs> we would all just. We, we would stand there indefinitely, and then we'd apologize to the lady at the end. So the Starbucks lady's like, actually, we can make the menu a little bit clearer. You know, it's our, it's our fault. You know, we, we could tell you a little bit more in advance about that sort of thing. Ah, oh, Christ. So what else is going on? What else do you want to talk about today? we got other things besides machismo. Let, let me throw this one out, because last, last week, who were we talking about? It was the Boston Bruins, and our question was, were the Boston Bruins a sneaky good team? Right. And I've got sort of a similar question, but I think we got we got to tweak it this time. Okay. Are the Minnesota Wild a sneaky great team? Ooh, no. How not. good are the Minnesota Wild? Because I, and and the reason this comes up is I was I was writing something, and I was looking at you know there's a few different websites that will they 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 give you estimated chances of a team making the playoffs. And even by this time of the year, there's teams that are sitting there at like 95, 98, 99%. And I think there's three different sites that I look at that do it. And there, you see the teams that you would expect, right? Montreal, the Rangers, Chicago, uh, those sorts of teams. But the one that stands out, the Minnesota Wild are at the top of the list for all three of these sites. And I was like, wait a second, are the Minnesota Wild that, I mean, I know they're on a winning streak, but are they that good? Uh, and you dig into it and I'm... I'm starting to think that maybe they are, but I'm I'm willing to be talked out of it. So talk, talk, please talk me out of the Minnesota Wild. Okay, they've won seven in a row. Here are their seven wins: Edmonton, Toronto, Edmonton, St. Louis, fine, Florida, Nashville, who seemingly can't get out of its own way, and Arizona. I can I can give you two good wins out of those seven, and you got to beat the bad teams too for sure. But I I. I I, I I get how good of a coach Bruce Boudreau is. I do feel like 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 I I think they're good. I don't think they're a team that should miss the playoffs or anything. But I mean, they don't score. I mean, they're basically winning because Devin Dubnik gives up two goals or fewer every time he goes out on the ice. And is that system related? Is that Dubnik? Is that because they have a really good defense group and they do? I don't know if they're sneaky great. I I think part of it is just because they've they've really beaten up on some teams here the last two weeks that they should beat up on, and you're supposed Beat the teams you're supposed to. Not gonna take any take anything away there, but maybe I am gonna take a little bit away because I don't know if they're really this super good. I think if the conference is weaker, I think they're a little bit better. I think they have a better coach. But where are they right now in the standings? They're they're second in the central, eighteen, eight and four, forty points. They're second in the central and second in the west, and, and they're eight points back of Chicago, but Chicago has four games in hand. Right. Because the NHL schedule maker was drunk this year and, and <laughs> just didn't bother to try to balance anything and we've got teams that have played four or five games more than, than other teams. Uh but they're they're first in the Western Conference in goals differential by a lot, by, mm-hmm. you know, double digits over Chicago. And, and again, you, 
you're right. I mean, the West is a weak conference this year. It, it sounds weird to say that because we're so used to them always being better, but they're they're a weak conference. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Wild and 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 Devin Dubnik. But yeah, that he's been doing that for years now. I mean, at, at some point, I think we have to say that's that's the real deal. And I feel like you know when this time last year when the Dallas Stars were really emerging, everybody was kind of like, yeah, but they're doing it this high scoring, high event hockey thing that doesn't win in the playoffs. So, you know, I feel like if we're going to do that to a team like Dallas, don't we have to kind of flip around with Minnesota and say, this looks like a team that's already playing playoff style hockey in December. And, and, you know, they might, they might be really dangerous. Uh, if they can, if, if they can go into a postseason, which, you know, apparently according to the, to the math guys, they're already pretty much locked into the flip side of it is you look you know, I'm I'm not a, a huge analytics guy, but I've I've tried to kind of learn my way through it over the years, and it, there's certain things I'm just that I've been taught to to understand. You know, when you see a team that seems to be outperforming, you want to look look at their percentages, look at the PDO, look and see at the you know how are they as a possession team, and you know Minnesota Wild are have got the highest even strength PDO in the league. Uh, they're 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 a below 50% possession team, five on five. It, those are supposed to be like the the warning lights that start blinking to tell you that this team maybe isn't as good as their record says they are. Uh, and, and yet there seems to be this kind of undercurrent out there of people saying that we're all sleeping on, uh, on a really good team here. Uh, and once they start making up some of these games and uh, gaining some ground, uh, I don't know. Maybe the bandwagon will fill up, but uh, I've I've kind of got one. I've I've kind of got half a seat taken on the bandwagon, but I'm I'm not quite there yet. No, I'm not. I'm not going to be there. I don't think. I, like you said, they're 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 due to kind of come back down, and that's because of Devin Dubnik. Devin Dubnik, he's so, he's such a weird goal sender. He was he was nine thirty six two years ago, or three years ago. He was nine eighteen last year, and now he's nine forty seven. Like he's 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 going to start letting in some more goals. I mean. Even if he comes back to that 936 number, which is way above what he's he's been in his career, they're going to start losing a lot more games because if you look at, I mean, the goal scoring, I mean, I think they're kind of I think they're kind of scoring at, at a rate you would expect them to score at. It's I can't believe Eric Stahl is their leading scorer at this point in the season. Like I know they've had like Zach Parise has been hurt and stuff, but the, I just I, I look at the roster and it's just I mean. Miko Koivu. I mean, it's just it, it's it's a whole bunch of like B type of players, and I think a lot of them are playing over their head. I just Nashville and Winnipeg are on the outside looking in right now, and I don't know if I would bet Nashville and Winnipeg one of the two overtake Minnesota, but like they they have forty points and they've got games in hand, so they're 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 okay. They're they're in a very very good spot. It's a spot you'd want to be in for sure. But I mean, St. Louis is two points back of them. Would you would you pick? Minnesota or St. Louis the rest of the way. Calgary, Winnipeg, I mean, Winnipeg, Dallas, Nashville. Those three teams are out of the playoffs right now. I, 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 I could see Minnesota falling out. That's how, that's how I feel about it. Like, if you were to ask me right now, which would I rather bet, Minnesota makes the playoffs or they don't, I would say they, they do. But if you gave me some good enough odds, I'd, I'd maybe put 10 bucks down on Minnesota missing the playoffs. I'm just not – I'm not sold. I'm not entirely sold. I'm not sold on anything. Columbus, Minnesota. I'm I'm an absolute pessimist. So no matter what team you say, I'm going to be like, eh, I'd bet against them. Well, let's let's do that then. Let's skip over to we'll we'll put a bookmark in in Minnesota so that all those wild fans can can come back and yell at you in a couple of months when they when they're in the playoffs. <laughs> but let's 
let's skip to the the other team, which is the Columbus Blue Jackets, because I, I just finished writing a whole big piece for that's that's going to go up Tuesday, uh, and I, I just hit hit send on it, uh, in which I basically spent two thousand words trying to figure out whether or not I believe in the Columbus Blue Jackets, and and I don't think I actually ended up with an answer. I, I think <laughs> I just confused myself even more uh, than when I had started. Um, because this is quite possibly the most confusing team uh, that that I can remember seeing in in a long time, and you know I I feel like I'm I've been I've been very conservative on them all year. I, I do a I do a weekly power ranking at Sportsnet where I do a top five, and I didn't put the Blue Jackets in until like a week ago because I didn't trust them, uh, and, and even though I had. Columbus fans and fans of other teams who were, you know, pushing and saying you're you're not giving these guys the proper respect. I, I kept waiting and waiting for the collapse, and and here we are. You know, they're on a nine game win streak. I think they're the number one team in the league right now in terms of points percentage. They're they're back of a few other teams because again, uh, they barely played any yeah. games. The Rangers have five games in hand somehow on uh, <laughs> on the Blue Jackets, but. Wouldn't it be great if the NFL was like that? Wouldn't it be great if, like, in the NFL, if, like, it's week 15 and the Giants season's already over and, like, the Cowboys have four games in hand and it's like, well, if they win three of the four, they still win the division. Like, well, I, I don't know. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. I was just, I was just annoyed. Yeah, no, it's, it's, that's pretty much where we are with them. And, but, but yeah, they, they, they lead the league tied with the Rangers, goals differential. Uh, you know, again, so you look at some of those, those other stats that I mentioned you know Columbus they're they're okay possession wise but they're not great uh PDO is up there the the one thing that really stands out with them is their power play is is just killing yeah. it their their power play is coming in like over 27% which is basically has basically never been done there there's there's like two teams that have ever been higher than that over a full season and then that was back in the 80s when you know the little <laughs> tiny goldies with no equipment who could barely stand up, so it, it's it's completely ridiculous what the Blue Jackets are doing so far. And yet, I've got people that I follow on Twitter that are smart people that are kind of looking into this, and I keep waiting for them to go, "Oh yeah, it's a big fluke." And instead, they you know they they come back with these shot charts and all this stuff, going like, "Wow, these guys are really doing some neat stuff on the power play." And it's uh, you know they're they're not going to stay at twenty seven percent. Obviously, I. I I, you know, I feel pretty safe on that, but uh, yeah, I I don't know how. Like on paper, this is not a good team. Would we agree it's with not, that? I mean, that, that on on paper, there's, this isn't a team that you'd necessarily want to grab this roster. Of. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. They've got a goaltender who, who had a Vezina-type year three years ago and has been declining ever since that is suddenly right back to Vezina quality. They've, they've got a coach who we all hated two months ago and, <laughs> and thought were was on the hot seat and was going to get fired. And, and now it looks like everyone's handing him the Jack Adams. Uh, I, man, I, I can't figure it out. I, I, you know, it, it, and 
I don't know if I should be looking for reasons to prove that they're good or whether I should be starting with the standings and then looking at reasons to talk myself out of it and convince myself that they're bad. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I can, I can do either. I just like, I really wind up just kind of throwing my hands up when it comes to these guys. Like good or bad though. They're so far ahead with so many games in hand that it would take an unbelievable collapse for Carolina or the devils or somebody else in that division to catch them because 44 points in 29 games. So let's say, let's say the number they have to get to is 98 points. They got to get, they got to get 54 more points as of this point. So that's 27 wins in 53 games. So they basically have to be a 500 team the rest of the way, which in hockey is the easiest thing in the world to be is a 500 team. A point team. a game. Right. Like they're, 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 they're in. Like at this point, it doesn't even matter if we think they're good or bad. They're going to get in. But whether they're the bad team that gets in or they're the good team that nobody thought would be good that gets in. Again, we talked about this last week. Like at the playoffs in the East are just practically set outside of like maybe one team in the other division. It's it's there. I just I have a hard time believing a team that's led by Nick Foligno is good. That's the thing. Like, are is are these guys? You know, they're going to make the playoffs. But I guess my question is, are they are they last year's Florida Panthers? You know, last year's Panthers were basically mm. a 500 team in terms of wins and losses that had the one 12 game win streak, got crazy hot right around this time, rode that to 100 plus points, won the division. And then went into the playoffs and lost to the Islanders, which nobody ever does. Uh, and then you know, we've seen how this season's gone, <laughs> and we all kind of look back and go, oh, yeah, okay, so the Panthers weren't really all that good, uh, at least as good as we thought they were. We just we kind of got fooled by one hot streak. And, I, you know, I guess there's a part of me that wonders if that's what's happening with the Blue Jackets. Uh, but, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I need a, a, a few more weeks before I can make a call on this one. We're going to be like in the conference finals. They're going to get three games to one. We're going to be like, let's hold off. Let's see if they close out the conference final and get to the Stanley Cup final before we decide if they're good. Let's just see what they do first. I don't want yeah. to rush into anything. I want to make sure that they can actually hold win on. 12 let's, playoff games. Let's see how the Stanley Cup passing goes. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, sure, John Tortorella won the Jack Adams and Sergey Bobrovsky yeah. won the Vezina, but let's make sure it's okay. Exactly. Okay, so your email to me this morning said, talk you out of the Blue Jackets. So I'm going to. I'm going to talk you out of the Blue Jackets right now. Cam Atkinson's their leading scorer. He's on pace for about 85 points. He's never come close to that. Zach Wierenski, fantastic rookie, maybe even my Calder pick at this point. He's going to slow down. Sam Gagne. Sam Gagne has 22 points in 28 games. I thought Sam Gagne <laughs> died two years ago. I'm not going to lie to you. Is this the same Sam? If it's the same Sam Gagne, I feel like we can count on him to kind of fade a little bit. Nick Foligno, 23 points in 27 games. He's he's never done this except for one time in a contract year. Brandon Saad, good player, like Brandon Saad. Won't say anything bad about Brandon Saad. Bobrovsky's at a he's he's rocking a he's rocking a 194 and a what's his save percentage at this point? This this is going to be the number that I think convinces you that they're going to come down. Ready? Right? Here we go. His save percentage. 932, 932. which is, I believe, the exact same number he put up three years ago in his Vezina year. So it's it's within his range, right? I mean, I guess, like, goalies are, like, this was a thing I was going to write this week, but I don't know if I'm going to, is just how we should never, ever, ever pay goalies anything more or less than a certain dollar value that we've predetermined in the CBA. Like whatever, every goalie gets five million. If you're a starter, you get five million. If you're a backup, you get two because this is insane. Like you, 932, 923, yeah. 918, 908. Now he's at 932 again. 
I just think here's my thing. Here, here's here's my overall feeling. We didn't think the Columbus Blue Jackets had good players going into the year. We didn't think they had a good coach going into the year. Now all of a sudden they have you know a bunch of points and not many games. I think that they're going to come back down to earth, but they're so far above the earth that when they come back down, they're still going to be in a playoff spot anyway. Right. Yeah. I guess you know. I guess that makes sense. And that was one of the things that I I looked at in the piece I wrote was that I mean literally nobody saw this coming. I went through and and dug through a bunch of preseason predictions and previews, including some by like Blue Jackets fan sites. And there was nobody who's like, yeah, I think we got a cup contender here. Nope. So are, were all of us wrong? Like, like maybe. I don't know. We're, we, I feel like we're wrong about a few things every year. Yeah. But it, it seems, I don't know, it seems strange for everybody to miss by that much. Where do the Blue Jackets finish and how far do they go in the playoffs? Like, do they win a round? Oh, no. I think they're a wild card team when they lose in the first round to, like, Pittsburgh or Washington. I still don't. As as much as Washington struggled and Pittsburgh's been kind of up and down, I they're not going to beat. Like I like I just like I just just imagine like John Tortorella matching line combinations with like Barry Trotz. Like Barry Trotz will coach him into the ground over the course of seven games. That's just there's just no way he's going to win that battle. I I I, I just I, like I, I wish that the conference was a little more balanced where it wasn't so set in stone already. But they're 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 I'll say the second wild card team. They lose to the Caps in the first round, and then John Tortorella wins Coach of the Year. And then next year, the Blue Jackets start two twelve and one, and Tortorella gets fired, and we can all say, "Guess who won the Jack Adams last year?" Like we always do. That's that's my prediction. I feel like I feel like this podcast. I feel like we've somehow guaranteed a Columbus Minnesota <laughs> Stanley Cup final. Now we do shit on stuff, don't we? Uh, and like just every yeah, instead of the national anthem, they're just going to play clips of us before every game. To fire the players up. All right, say say a nice thing. Say a nice thing about a team that maybe no one has said anything nice about in a while. Let's say something nice about something. Okay, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. All right, how about this? I, I think Buffalo at a minus 13 at 12, 11, and 7, I think is a very good team, and I think they're going to push for a playoff spot in, in the Metro. I, I like Buffalo a lot. You think they're going to push for a playoff spot this year? Mm-hmm. I like Jack Eichel. I like Dan Bilesma. I like that team up there. I think Robin Leonard is going to get it figured out. And I think they're going to uh, maybe, possibly get the third playoff spot in that division. But they could. But yeah, they uh, six six points back of the Bruins with three games in hand. See, perfect. They're basically in the playoffs already. Yeah, and and they're one team where you kind of I don't know you don't want to put too much on one player, but you 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 sort of discount the first yeah. six weeks or so when there was no Jack Eichel. So yeah, I yeah the East is man that that whole. They're not out of it. The Leafs aren't out of it. Detroit, who we'd all kind of written off for a rebuild, oh, they're bad. Weeks ago, are still are still right in there. Florida and Tampa Bay, and then you know the 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 unfair thing is those five Atlantic teams I just listed. You got Carolina that's technically ahead of all of them in the standings, and yet Carolina is further out of a playoff spot than any of those teams <laughs> because of the way it's set up. So sorry, Carolina Hurricanes, you. You're in the wrong division. They're eight points back, and five teams that are trailing them are all between three and six points back of a playoff spot. That's all I want. All I want. That makes sense. All I want is Carolina or somebody in that division to have more points than the third best team in the Atlantic and miss the playoffs, and then just have the owner just shit his pants for just the entire postseason 
It's like like I, I want that like I want like that third best team. Like let's say Ottawa gets the third spot in the in the Atlantic, and like Carolina has two more points than them, and Ottawa goes on like a three round run. They just they upset teams. They get to the conference finals. I want that owner to have a Twitter account where he just launches into it every single night. Oh look, a team that was worse than us has gotten to the conference finals. Would have been nice if we would have gotten a try in a fair league. Hashtag F Bettman or something. I don't know what owner that would be, but that yeah. would but that would be fun. But thing you need like a different. You can't. That's like the worst team to have it happen to, though, because like, yeah, Carolina Hurricanes. I know. I like don't don't at me, Carolina Hurricanes fans, because <laughs> I know you are passionate and you are every bit a hockey fan and and have a right to call yourself that just as much as anyone else. But there's like seven of you, so <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel like that would be the the travesty of justice that would really put it over the edge. Oh no! There's four. There's four people in my mentions. They could. They could get in there. I mean, geez, the the Devils are only two points back. There's. They're done. One, two, there's seven teams in the East right now within two points of each other as of Monday, when we're recording this. That's crazy. And like half of them it's are ha- half of them are done because they're in the wrong division. They were they were selected at random to be in a yeah. metropolitan division, and now because of that, like they're. Like honestly, if you're the Devils at this point, selected at random. Well, I mean, to be fair, at random. The NHL took the eight <laughs> most metropolitan markets that they had. Carolina was one of them. Everyone knows Montreal is not a metropolitan area. It's a very small little outskirt town in a magical place called Canada. That's yes, the, Boston. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a small town right next to the Atlantic Ocean, <laughs> just like Ottawa and Toronto are. That was an underrated part of the. The NHL, NHL's weird alignment. Like, I feel like we we all got so caught up on how weird the Metro name was that we didn't notice that they took one division's name and gave it to a different division <laughs> where it made no geographic sense at all. And they're just like, yeah, you guys are the Atlantic now. And so it's like, yeah, how many Atlantic championships have you won? Well, none, because it was a totally different division until yesterday, but... Dude, I screw that oh, up. Well. I screw that up like every third thing I send to Vice. Like I, I'll email it to Vice, and then I'll get an email back from like, like Jorge or Chris, and and they'll they'll be like, "Listen, just FYI, this is the sixth time I've told you this, but Montreal is in the Atlantic now. That's the Atlantic <laughs> division you want to use in your yeah. stories." Like I can't. I still. It's been four years, and I still. It's like it's like it's like I'm signing my checks like the 2013 on them still. It's how bad it is. Ah, uh, God. Uh. Did we find a nice thing? I feel like we both skipped that <laughs> say a nice thing question. Uh, what did I like? I like Buffalo. I'm 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 a, I'm a fan of what Buffalo's doing despite their. You said place Buffalo. In, You're right. Place in the standings. Give me something. Give me like a. Give me a. You know, give me a player. Give me a coach. Give me a team. Give me. Oh, well, I'll, I'll give you a team because it's a team I had I had written off even even a couple weeks ago, and, and maybe I should still because they're not all that hot. But the the Winnipeg Jets are one point out of the playoffs right now, hmm. and that was like they're a weird team because it's like. I feel like everybody unanimously agrees that the Jets are going to be really good in like two years, but everybody's thought that for like the last four years. We've just been waiting that the Jets are like, not this year, but next year, the Jets are going to take off and, and they just, they never seem to. And this year looked like it was going to be another write-off. Paul Maurice looked like he was going to be on the hot seat. They still, I mean, they've won 15 out of 34 games, so they're not, they're not all that good, but they're, they're one point back in that extremely shaky western conference uh you know have have slipped ahead of the the two good teams the two playoff teams and dallas and nashville from from last year uh and they're back in the race and that's uh, i'll I'll take that as a positive because like i say i was about a week away from putting them in the 
same category as like Vancouver and Colorado and, and just calling it a year. And uh, instead, they're they're hanging in there. What do we what do we always say about Winnipeg? Once they get Andre Pavlik out of there, they got a chance. And so the two guys they go with this year. Yeah, have a combined, and they finally did. Yeah, and the, and the goaltending got even worse. Somehow they found a way. I saw something the other day where someone was like, "How long is it going to be until we see Pavlik back in Winnipeg?" And you know, like imagine if they're turning, turning to him to uh, to be the season savior. I just talked myself out of the Winnipeg Jets right there. <laughs> I tried to say something nice, and in 15 seconds, I talked myself out of it completely. The Winnipeg Jets are doomed. They are completely and utterly doomed. I can't wait for that first report from like. Bob McKenzie that says uh, Winnipeg Jets have brought in Martin Brodeur for a tryout here in in late March, hoping for a little push to the playoffs. Ed Belfour, <laughs> just bring in some, just bring in some old dude for fun. He'll just get in front of the puck and. I think Ed Belfour is a Manitoba guy, so that that could work. Uh, that, that's the uh, yeah. He he'd take a hometown discount, right? I like the Jets too. I think they're they're in a good spot, even though, like you said, they've won fifteen fifteen and lost nineteen. So. I don't know. Look at that. This is like a new segment. A new segment on the podcast. Sean and Dave say nice things about something that's probably not that nice that is really probably bad in the long run. Yeah. Sponsored by Bud Light. <laughs> yeah. Don't 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 get too used to it. Yeah. I know I know something we both like is Yaramir Yager. How much how much do we love Yaramir Yager? Yeah, everybody loves Yaramir Yager, which is like if I well, if if I went back in time to like 1992, me mm-hmm. and explain to them what the NHL was like now, like I mean, I, it it I it I don't think I don't think young me would would believe any of it. You know, like oh yeah, there's there's no fighting. There's 30 <laughs> teams and you know there's, the team in Vegas. Oh, there's you know there's a team in Las Vegas <laughs> and all this other stuff. But but you know one of the things one of the like low key under the radar shocking things would be like oh yeah and the most popular player in the world is Yarmir Yager everybody loves that guy like the <laughs> fact that he's playing at 44 isn't the shock it's the fact that he's become like the cuddly wonderful old guy that everybody loves because like I can remember when hockey fans hated Yarmir Yager like he was the just the epitome of the flashy European that like a certain type of North American fan got their their backup of, over and uh and now like all these years later I, and like i don't even feel like he's changed that much i feel like we just always kind of gradually adopted the uh yarmir jagger attitude and and now uh yeah now he's somehow become like the uh he's he's taken the mantle from timu Solani as the lovable old guy that nobody ever says anything bad about I'm trying to think of like an equivalent in sports like i feel like like Brett Favre played until he was old and like everybody liked him even though he had alleged like dick pick stuff like people still loved him like yager yeah like hockey has this thing where it like it's sports in general i think like I, I i'm trying to think of like a really hated athlete who just hung around for a long time and then we were all like oh he's old like us and then everybody liked that guy like that yager like i, I definitely remember people hating him maybe but, like kobe bryant kind of got uh, there fuck that guy like yeah, Kobe Bryant kind of got there, but uh, like Kobe Bryant was a guy that there was a real reason to hate, and Jaeger was just kind of like, oh, he's got weird hair and he <laughs> kind of wears his jeans up a little too high, and and he salutes. Like there was a time where yeah. like the fact that he would salute after a goal just drove people insane, 
And, you know, I remember as a Leaf fan, I remember the Leafs beating them in the playoffs and Danny Markov doing the salute at Yarmir Jagger. And people thought that was the greatest thing ever. I like, ah, that. somebody saluted back at Jagger. That was so hot. And now he scored, now, you know, now he scores a goal and everyone's like, do the salute. Do a backflip. He's like, actually, I think that's dis- that's dis- that's disrespectful to the people who serve our military. I don't want to do that anymore. And everyone's like, oh, Yager's the best. He loves he loves America. He's so awesome. Yeah, he's. He, I remember people like like Pittsburgh people hate him. Yeah, I, I, that that's kind of the one which is weird, right? Because the the one market where he had the most success in, but they're they're still not quite over the whole him not going back as a free agent and, and the way he left. And I know like Washington fans hate the Yarmir Yager era like they they hate that trade and that contract but I don't feel like they hate the player like today I don't think they're they, you know they're not going to boo the guy I, I don't I don't think but yeah other than that he's pretty much it's pretty much unanimous and, and, we, and we should say the reason we're we're just randomly talking about Yarmir Yager on this week's podcast is because he's uh, a couple of points away from passing Mark Messier for second all-time in NHL scoring which is crazy that i mean he, he's he's still a thousand points back of wayne gretzky which is insane uh but he's passed gordy howe and he's about to pass mark messier and and you know when you consider he's lost two full seasons to lockouts plus the two or three years that he went to the khl i mean he he's lost four or five years uh of uh you know some of which were were near his prime uh and to, to have numbers like that it's insane like i it's weird. I feel like we all love Yarmir Jagger, and yet there's a part of me that still feels like he's underrated. Like we're gonna look back a decade after he retires and be like, we, we didn't, like we didn't appreciate that guy enough because that he was just a, a complete freak, uh, given given what he did over the course of his career. The point he always made his last year in Jersey, like his last year in Jersey he like tied or passed like a bunch of like super like big name dudes and like points and goals and stuff like Iserman and um, just it was it was like anyone like in between like 10 and three I guess I feel like he passed like four or five of those guys and it was the same thing after every game you sit down in his locker you'd be like hey you ever you know wonder what would happen if you didn't go play in the KHL where you'd be on the list now and he always said the same thing he was like well you know if I stayed here in the United States or North America and played in play in the NHL you know, maybe I suffer a need and need a collision that one year and I'm never the same and I never play again and I have 500 fewer points because I stayed here. So he's he was always he was always quick to say that. And he's got a point. I mean, it's probably a little bit easier to go play in the KHL than it is to play here. If you're a superstar player, you probably don't have as good of a chance as injury because there's not as many dudes trying to play murder ball like there probably is in the NHL. So I, I, I the, the important thing to remember though is he's going to be about a thousand points behind Gretzky. So figure fifty points a year times twenty twenty one years. So he will be sixty five when he breaks the record. I think that's going to be a really good thing for like the the elderly community at that time because by the time we get to be sixty five, robots will have phased out most of the NHL players. Yager will probably be one of like the last twenty or thirty human players, and for him to do that at sixty five, hopefully Gretz is still around to get to be there to 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 give him like a little trophy or something, but that's going to be a great moment in that when he, when he breaks the record. Yeah. And we're all good. We're all going to hate the robot players. Ah, cause they'll do like little robot celebrations when they score. We'll right. be like, they're different from us. God, boo. They're going to like do like all kinds of like crazy. They're they're going to, they're going to dance and do the robot. That's what they're going to do. They're going to be like, that's just who we are. We're going to be like, we don't care. Conform to our ways. <laughs> robots. We talked about Yammer Jaeger, who's sort of the, 
superstar of of the past slash present. So let's do the the future versus present debate that's going on right now because this is one of the ones you emailed to me, and that's the Sidney Crosby Connor McDavid MVP debate. And it, did did I read it right? Like, do you do you feel like this is pretty much already over? Like, I feel like as long as the Oilers, like, even if the Oilers miss the playoffs, as long as they're not that far back. Like McDavid's going to finish. He's probably going to lead the league in scoring. He's probably going to have 100 points. I think if if they get in the playoffs, for sure he's going to get it. It doesn't matter what Crosby does. It's part of it's like Crosby fatigue. Like you know how like every year it's always the same thing, and then someone's always like, "Well, let's give it to Corey Perry," and it's like, "All right, fine, we'll give it to Corey Perry." I think he's got that working for him. I think he's got a much worse team that he's lugging on his back. I mean, the Penguins aren't a bad team or anything, but Crosby's missed time so his numbers won't look as good even though they're probably better at a points per game situation I just I just can't like I think Edmonton's good enough to hang around for the full 82 even if they somehow miss but I think if they get in if they're the third team in the Pacific if they're a wild card team I, I just don't see a way McDavid doesn't get it even over Carey Price doesn't matter he think he's just I think he's just that much more valuable to the Oilers than what Price is to Montreal yeah I feel I feel like when I did the the quarter mark awards post I I gave it to Carey Price but I don't feel that way anymore I don't think there's too many good goaltenders this year I it, nobody's separating and I, I don't think so I, I don't see Carey Price getting or any goaltender getting that award I, I do think it's going to come down to McDavid versus Crosby Here, here's my one here's my one caveat when it comes to Sidney Crosby because because you're right there's Whenever Sidney Crosby is clearly head and shoulders the best player in hockey, we all try so hard to take that title right. away from him, however we can. You know, somebody's always like, well, Jonathan Taves is the best player. And then someone like anyone who gets hot for two weeks suddenly <laughs> becomes the new best player in hockey. But the, the thing with Sidney Crosby is like we, we just kind of saw this whole, I'm going to call it a mini controversy because I don't think it was as big a a deal as as some made it out to be but we just saw Sidney Crosby fail to win Canadian athlete of the year oh god uh despite the fact that in in his calendar 2016 he you know he he won the Stanley Cup won the World Cup MVP of of the World Cup Conn Smythe and you know th- there was this small minority of hockey fans and hockey media who got really upset about that, about him not, not winning that, which I thought was strange because, I mean, he had a good year, but it's, I mean, the, you know, World Cup MVP, whatever, that, that <laughs> I doesn't really matter. He, I mean, he, he, the, the same, a lot of the same media who were, who were losing their minds over him not winning this right. award didn't, you know, nobody voted for him for MVP. I mean, Patrick Kane won that in a runaway. Um, so it was very strange, but I feel like that kind of sets him up with a little bit of that underdog uh, thing going for him. Uh, and, and, you know, we know, like we saw last year, right? Drew Doughty won the Norris largely because Drew Doughty hadn't won in a while or hadn't won ever, but everybody decided this is his year. He deserves it. And I just, just knowing how some of the people who vote on this award think, I can see people saying, you know what? Sidney Crosby's now been disrespected he is, he deserves one more. McDavid's going to get his in time, but we're going to make the kid wait a little bit, and we're going to give, even if it's one last heart trophy to to Sidney Crosby, and, and sort of demonstrate to the sports world that that this guy 
really is the best and and deserves to be recognized that way. Do you do you remember how you ruined the expansion draft for me by telling me how bad it was going to be in the days leading up to it? Did I just do it again? I think you might have just ruined the MVP race. I'm thinking about all the awards now at the end of the season where people are going to write things like the disrespected <laughs> Sidney Crosby. Nobody gives that guy the time of day. There's going to be that. There's going to be Shea Weber for Norris. There's going to be all this stuff, and it's just going to be the most miserable April until like April 15th when like ballots are due. Crosby. Does Crosby get enough love? Is Crosby? We're going to get people uh, telling us why Matt Murray uh, Matt Murray can't be the oh, rookie of God. the year even though he's technically a rookie because we have to give it to Patrick Laney or Austin Matthews instead. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be a mess. I voted Devin Dubnik I, I voted Devin Dubnik for the Vezina, but and the expansion draft like in the same week. I voted Devin Dubnik for the Vezina, but not for the Hart Trophy. Here's why. Ah, uh, uh, Sean. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, he's the best goaltender, but he's not the most valuable goaltender. <laughs> All right. Well, this seems like a good place to finish. Since yeah. I've, I think yeah, I've successfully yeah. demoralized you. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm I'm, bro- I'm a broken man. Thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for reading. Thanks for everything. Uh, we didn't do a mailbag in this particular episode, but we're saving it up for uh, next week. We're going to do an all mailbag. You decide the content of the show episode of biscuits the rogue one version of the, of the biscuits um universe is going to be that that week so uh come back for that i think we're going to do that there's regular day right we're going to drop that on thursday that week next week so we, yeah. you, you got this on tuesday you're going to have that uh that's going to come out towards the end of the week so you have that to look forward to next week but don't send us any questions because we're recording it in like eight minutes yeah <laughs> so if anything big happens in hockey between whatever today is and then nine days from now if we didn't cover that in the mailbag one that's because of, that's because of the leeway time yeah so yeah thanks for coming in thanks for stopping by thanks for listening and um, yeah, don't ask us about it don't ask us about anything see ya Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.